Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the Denver, Colorado area, we have Vinny Montez on the phone. Vinny is quite an interesting character, which you'll, you'll soon find out. He's a career law enforcement officer, and he's also a stand-up comic. Vinny, welcome to the Law Enforcement Show. Very much appreciated. Hey, thank you for having me on, Jay. I really appreciate it. It's good to have you here. I've been aware of you for quite a while. You're like all over this thing called the internet, the interwebs, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Vinny Montez is a stand-up comedian. His website is vinnymontez.com, correct? That is correct. And I believe you're also on Facebook as well, and you're probably on all the other forms of social media. Yeah, you got it. Instant, Snap, Twitter, Google Gram, whatever you want to look me up on. My handle is Vinny Montez, and uh, you're absolutely right. You can see me on all pretty much all platforms. Okay, it's V-I-N-N-I-E-M-O-N-T-E-Z, VinnyMontez.com. I had a chance to watch one of your videos on your website real quick, and it was actually a news interview with Uh you, and you were, we call biting the bullet. You were opening at at a comedy club, and then they switched to you being in your law enforcement job at the range. Uh, Before we get into comedy, let's give a bird's eye view of your law enforcement career from start to finish. I got into law enforcement very early. It was probably when I was about six years old. Um, I had an affinity for watching Chips, Ponch and John, and so I And you're admitting that on national radio. Yeah, that's fine. I just want people to know that I love love watching Chips. Um, I just, the music would come on, the intro, and I just liked, there was always some kind of moral to the story that they were involved in. And I thought it was really great. So I just had an aspiration as I was really young to, you know, want to be one of those guys. And so at age 14, I joined an Explorer post. I couldn't get onto the sheriff's office where I'm currently at until I was 16 because they didn't take Explorers till then. So I joined a smaller agency and it was my indoctrination into law enforcement. And uh, I just transferred over to the sheriff's office where I work now at age 16. And I've been there ever since. Uh, they hired me as a dispatcher, 911 call taker when I was 18. As I started my career in college, I was uh, working as a 
call taker and I got hired by the university also as an hourly call taker because we were on the same CAD system and became a cop in uh, 98, went to the academy in 97, spent my first three years, almost three years in the jail. It was a very unique experience because I'd already done the reserve FTO program, which was a full FTO on the street. And I was excited because I thought they were going to hire me right to the street. But they're like, hey, kid, you need a little more life experience. The jail is the best spot for you. So I went, and lo and behold, it turned out being a very good thing for me because it really um, taught me the interaction with people. After I worked in the jail for a few years, I transferred to the street in 2001 and worked there and did, pretty much did everything you could do with patrol, DUI officer, the whole nine yards, and then moved to detectives, which was probably, I mean, sorry for all the detectives that are listening, but it was my least favorite. I was a property times detective, so it was just a lot of in and out of, you know, running people down that were stealing stuff. And after I did that, they uh, recruited me over to narcotics, and I did a tour there, got promoted to sergeant, came out to the street, uh, worked for a while there, and then went back into narcotics for uh, another tour as a supervisor, came out of there in 2016, and uh, somebody thought it was a good idea to make me a commander in um, 2018, which uh, in most agencies, people think of commander differently. It's the equivalent for us is like lieutenant in most okay. agencies. So that's it, and I've been... Um, doing comedy since 2007 and I, I love this job. It's been very, it's a, it's a great job as everybody knows. There's a lot of parallels in your career and mine, which we'll go into in a moment. But first, got to go back to the whole chips thing. I remember chips. I remember watching it. And the question is, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are wondering, who did you relate with more, Ponch or John? Uh, probably Ponch. Okay. Probably Ponch. Did was, you, do you have the smile? Cause he had a, he had that smile. I do have a pretty good smile. I have an eyebrow that sticks up pretty well too. Um, I, I was—I've always been a magnet for um, you know wherever I go. There's you know usually chaos that ensues, and uh, I've been that guy, and I and I've embraced that, and I've also just challenged people in their comfort zones, and I'm very um, gregarious, and um, I, I, when I walk into a room, I bring a certain energy. And, uh, yeah, and I think that was kind of like Ponch. And then John was kind of there to be um, a filter sometimes and somebody to kind of be a little bit more reasonable. And I think that, that I have people in my career who fill in those roles like John did for Ponch. You're absolutely right. I remember being a, a sergeant, a newly promoted sergeant out of narcotics, and I wanted a, a squad of, of, of guys like me. Uh, when I say guys, it's men and women. And you and I both know this. In the law enforcement world, we don't really call out gender. It's guys. So I want a squad of guys who are all go-getters. And then I began to realize the importance of having the, the, the John to, to counterbalance things. The guys who are good with reports. The guys who are good with long-term investigations like property crimes, which I found boring as all get out too. But I wanted <laughs> the guns, the drugs, the killers, and, and all that stuff. But you can't have a whole group of people like that. And, and by the way, I find it while it was really enjoyable and I loved it, I loved the action, that stuff, I was a kind of magnet too, that stuff after a while begins to take a toll on you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Without a doubt. And it's not something you can uh, sustain forever. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody that can. You can be super cop for so long and then you got to take a breather. You got to come up for air somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what really was the catalyst towards moving me into a direction where I wasn't really listening to that. I was constantly wanting to be in the mix. You know, I was working all the time. Um, I was at the agency. And in 2000, the early 2000s, our, our current sheriff took over. 
And I remember pretty vividly where he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, man, you need to slow down. You're burning the candle at both ends. And I was like, hey, I'm your go-to. I mean, what are you talking about? And he had a lot of wisdom and experience, you know, which a lot of us cops don't have that perspective when we're younger in the career. And I was headed for a point of destruction, which I didn't really understand at that time. Um, you know, what you just said is like the cumulative effect of being in this business, the things you see, taste, smell, hear, that all adds up over time, whether or not you want to acknowledge it or not. And for me, 2008 was the event uh, in February of 08 where I just had to really realize that. We're, we're talking with Vinny Montez. Vinny is a career law enforcement officer. He's also a stand-up comic. He does comedy at the clubs he does comedy videos he has a youtube channel he has all the social media has his own website vinnymontez.com when we return from break we're going to talk about dark humor in police work and law enforcement why it's so necessary why it comes about i'm going to talk about his career and so much more there's only one official facebook page what you do you do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today podcast network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Vinny Montez. Vinny is a career law enforcement officer out of Colorado, and he's also a professional stand-up comedian. I got to tell you, Vinny, I love comedians, and I'm very particular. There's certain ones that I really, really like. I'll give you an example. Some of the old school ones, the Shecky Greens, the... Uh, the Don Rickles, whatever his name was. Then you got guys like oh, Bill. Oh, Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. You got guys like Bill Burr, or who was phenomenal. You got uh, the fluffy guy. Can't remember his name. Who's phenomenal. And, and then yeah. there's the guy out of Chicago. I can't say his last name right. He's like uh, Sebastian Maniscalco or something like that. Phenomenal. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Manis- I can't say. Maniscalco. You know what it is? I love ethnic humor. I'm an old school guy. I like the comedians that, and some of them have lost this. I like the comedians that can go ethnic, but you know they don't mean any harm, and they just, they're okay being who they are. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Because that's who we all are. It's like, you know, I worked in law enforcement back in the 1980s, and people have this conception in their mind that we are not a diverse group. 
I worked with men and women. We had Jews, Muslims. We had gays. We had lesbians. We had straight guys, Christians. It didn't matter. No one cared the slightest about who you were or where you came from. They cared about if you handled your post, you handled your calls, and if I got into a jam, you were there. Right. And that's, I, I think I like that about comedians as well. They're okay being who they are. Yeah, I mean, like, I post one of myself all the time. I talk about my Mexican heritage. Um, you know, you're referring to Sebastian Maniscalco, and I, I just had to remember how to say his name really quickly. But, yeah, I think that you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You know, I think that um, I talk a lot about my mom and my comedy. Um, I, I grew up in a very affluent community, but my family was not affluent whatsoever. And most of the people I went to school with were white, and I got indoctrinated in that culture as well. But at home, it was a very traditional Mexican mother who would have no problem putting, you know, a spatula to me or a flipper to me if I was getting out of line, and very traditional in it. And I talk about it like in some of the bits that I run uh, where I talk about my mom being riding along with me and we're dealing with a bunch of drunk guys one night, <clears throat> and I leave her in the cop car, and I'm talking to this guy, and I'm like, hey, dude, let's quit pushing around these kids. Let's go to detox. What do you say? And he's like, let me tell you something, fat boy. I'll kick your ass, fat boy. My mom grabs the PA from the car and is like, Miko, you need some backup? <laughs> and so I take, I take what I have in my cultural background, and I kind of incorporated it. Not kind of. I incorporated it right into the comedy. I think it's so much important to talk about the cultural background. And you're right. I don't care who you are, whether you're Jew, Muslim, uh, Mexican, you know, Puerto Rican, African-American, whatever it is. You have to talk about what you know. And that's right. what makes comedy relatable. And, and be who topic. you are. That's the thing. And yeah. I guess part of it is, Vinny, I, I'm from an Irish Catholic background. My, my grandparents immigrated from Ireland. And I got all the things you talked about with your mother – it's the same with mine and the Irish Catholic mom. Uh, I've never been hit so hard in my life on a street as I have been by my mom. It's just, <laughs> she could teach yeah, Mike Tyson a thing or two about throwing a right. This woman, and you know, these the, they had such a profound influence on me growing up that transformed and carried over into how I was on a street as a cop. Yes, 100%. And I couldn't agree with you more. Like, you know, we're still all human beings and we all have different perspectives on stuff. When we go on calls, one of the things like growing up watching how different families, you know, responded to situations like kids out of control and mouthing off to their parents, go to these calls and I'd, I'd sit there and I'd just be amazed. I'd have to step back and go, man, if this was my mom, because that's all I could think about is my mom dealing with the situation. It would be way different than, you know, and of course we can't advocate, you know, parents hitting their kids or anything like that. But, in my own personal context, in my personal background, growing up in a, with a traditional Mexican mother, things were dealt with a lot differently. Oh, the yeah. boundaries of what you could say and what you could get away with at home were way different than what I've experienced on the street as a cop. I, and, I remember uh, those, too. It always too. makes me laugh. It, it, it never fails. I can count on one hand and have five fingers left over the amount of times my mom called the police on us. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. If she got to the point where she needed to call for backup from anybody... I'm telling you, it just never got to that point. And and to compound the ethnicity and the background, she's also a, a Navy mom and a Navy wife. Dad was gone a lot oh, wow. out the sea, so there was no backup. It was her, and uh, her word her word w- was the final word. That was it. Yeah, hundred percent. Same with my house. I mean, I if 
I wanted to get any kind of quarter, I would try to lean toward my father because even though he was uh, my dad, my mom firmly held the reins when it came to the discipline and making sure that there was order in the household. So I can completely relate to that. So this carries over into your career in law enforcement. We're going to backtrack a little bit. The domestic disputes, the family disputes, we call, get those calls. And I remember having them as well. And there's certain certain things you'd want to be able to say from your growing up, your background, and there's what procedure says you have to say. And I found myself quite often having to bite my tongue on those calls, especially at family disputes. Oh, yeah. I think that goes on today. I think people, I mean, law enforcement officers come from, you know, a certain background, you know, where there is some kind of boundaries to relationships and so forth. And, you know, they see things a little bit differently. And you're right. They have to bite their tongue. I know I have. I've been on calls where I want to share my personal opinion, but there is no room for that. Oftentimes, sometimes relating to people, you know, you share personal experiences if you choose to. But you, you really do have to bite your tongue. And sometimes that adds pressure to the cops because they're like they never, you know, they get, they got to fill a role, but they don't ever get to say what they really want to say. And that not only comes into that kind of role, but it also carries over into other things that we say. And I think that's kind of like the dark humor where we can't express dealing with the situation that we're in, that we're in front of. And I'll give you a prime example. Death is a very dark topic. And as cops, we see a lot of death. And you can't, it's not something you want to joke around in front of the public, but yet at the same time, you have to joke with your colleagues in some aspects because that's the way to deal with it. And that's how you process the whole thing. And humor comes out in that. Cops are some of the most witty, quick-witted, uh, insightful people that you'll ever be around because they're exposed to so much. And here's an example. Uh, I was a field training officer. I had a recruit. We went to this call where this guy had taken a shotgun, sat in passenger seat, discharged it, and there was nothing left from the neck up. And I, I'm not going to get much more descriptive than that. One of my colleagues who I came up with as an explorer happened to be the detective on call that night. He shows up on scene. And one of the first things you got to do is identify the decedent. So he's rooting around looking for this guy's wallet. He finds it, takes out the driver's license, holds it up to me and the recruit that I have with me, covers the guy's head with his thumb. He's like, do you think this is our guy right here? Now, I get most, it. People would be, most people would be like, what? But that is a way while we're dealing with things that we're on scene with in this wasn't done in a public forum. This was done, you know, amongst us in a group. Um, and, and that's that what we call his- coping skills. Hey folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page, do a search on Facebook for law enforcement today, radio show. When you get there, click like, and follow as click like, and follow law enforcement today, radio show on Facebook. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Vinny Montez, career law enforcement officer and stand-up comedian. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. 
In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, never fear. You can listen to them online as a podcast. Just go to our website, letradioshow.com, where you'll find all the podcast episodes and much more. That's letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show with Vinny Montez, career law enforcement officer and also stand-up comedian. Before we enter break, Vinny, you're talking about the dark humor and one of the things that we used to do, and it was a very practical reason behind it. What they did to me when I was a rookie, and when I was a sergeant, I did it. And when we had calls for badly decomposing bodies, it didn't matter whether they died of natural causes or foul play or whatever it was. I'm not going to get more descriptive than that. But one thing we would do is we would get on the radio and have the dispatcher send all the rookies there because they had to learn how to do their job in this horrible situation. And I don't care what people say, the old things don't work. You don't block the smell, there's nothing you can do. And we will play all kinds of pranks on each other. I remember being a sergeant, having a badly decomposed body, calling all the rookies up, and I'm sitting there doing my best to compose myself while eating a slice of pizza in front of this battle, and they're (laughs) vomiting. And you know the reason why we do this. We do this because A, it helps take the edge off but you've got to learn how to do your job. And that's the worst possible, you said it earlier, that death stuff, you see a lot of it, it takes its toll. Absolutely. And over the course of a, a career of doing that, people don't realize that it's a cumulative thing. For You know, when people go to war, I've never been in the military, and I love our military, and I want to thank all the people that serve. Um, I serve differently as a law enforcement officer, but that cumulative, instead of it being acute like it might be with the military exposure, Law enforcement is a cumulative effect of stuff. And that was no more evident for me than in 2008 when I hit the wall for myself in February of 2008. I was off duty. I came across an accident where a kid wasn't breathing very well. It it quickly changed into a scenario where he wasn't breathing, didn't have a heartbeat. We called for help, took a while for it to get there. We were in a canyon with no cell phone service. And eventually, after working on this kid for a long time, once medical took over, he passed. And I had this warm sensation. Again, the same guy who was on that call with me, it's been kind of weird. That detective who was on the call with me with the earlier story I talked about was the sergeant on duty that night who came up and stuck me in his Tahoe during this cold February night. And uh, as I was sitting there, I started drinking his <laughs> that was sitting in the center console. And this alarm feeling, this sensation came over me, and I just broke down. I was crying. I, uh, I'd never lost control, for lack of better words, on a scene before. And I was like, what's going on? And really what I hadn't realized is all this stuff that I'd been experiencing over the course of a career was filling up. And I wasn't taking time off like our sheriff had warned me about. 
he gave me the book by Dr. Kevin Gil Martin about emotional survival for police officers, and I really hadn't taken heed to it. And it was forced to really start dealing with that, either start to deal with more emotional problems or figure out an outlet to separate myself from the job. And that's where stand-up comedy really became my outlet and my beacon of continuing on in order to get me through this career and also to help with my mental health so I could truly continue to enjoy life instead of having some of the things that were starting to affect me on the outside. That's truly, uh, I can't say it any more expressly than I have. That's really where I ended up in a very dark space. And comedy just uh, was an outlet for me to bring myself back around. I found for me that comedy is a very good tool. And and by the way, anger is a, a good tool also to hide and obscure a lot of things you talked about that I did during my lifetime where I would use the anger to keep people away and comedy to control the, the, the conversation because not to get old, deep and philosophical and therapeutic, I think I just been too hurt for too long and seen too much that I, I didn't want to be exposed because quite honestly, there were times, Vinny, you talked about in that patrol car where I started crying and I didn't think I'd stop. Yeah. And it, it comes yeah. up every now and then out of nowhere. Even now, all these years later, sitting there watching a stupid commercial, and all of a sudden, I'm like crying over stuff 20 years ago. Right. And, and, and I think that's completely normal, and I think that's completely fine. I think one of the big taboo subjects in the room for law enforcement is, this is what I was afraid of. Let's just lay the cards out on the table as they are. I was worried that if I shared these inner feelings and if I shared this sense of, you know, not being okay inside with my colleagues or my partners, that they would somehow equate that to weakness and that they would think that, or I would perceive that they would believe that I was no longer capable of backing them up or being there for them. And I got to put this to bed. That's a complete load of horse manure because the, the fact is, they're probably going through some of the same things. Not all, but some, most of them and some of them in some way or shape or form have all hit that wall in their career. And it's okay to reach out. And actually, if you do reach out and you say, look, I'm not all right right now. This is really bothering me. And you open up to that. Tells people that you're willing, one, to be vulnerable and say, listen, look, I have to acknowledge my issues. Because if you don't, oftentimes in our career, that leads to a few things, right? Substance abuse, alcoholism divorce rates that skyrocket, your kids not being connected with you, all those things. And that's not what we want because we end up losing. And, and, and here's the other elephant in the room. I could name right now six cops in the course of my career. It's way more than that, that I can blame off the top of my head that have taken their own lives in our agency alone. And that is a very sad state of affairs because I think a lot of that was lead, was related directly to lack of coping mechanisms, mental health, alcoholism, things that were going on behind the scenes because they didn't want to be seen as a first responder who couldn't handle their their business. And that is a sad state of affairs. And we have to be more open now today, more than ever, than we've ever been, of saying, look, it's all right. You know, everybody has their struggles. And here's the thing. Let's get it out in the open so that you don't feel like you're holding that in all the time so you can start coping with things. And and, And and enjoy your life. One of the things that really bothers most cops that I know is that if someone does a full career, they retire and they have a miserable life and a short life. Another one is they're doing a long career and they don't make it to retirement because their life ends by suicide or 
uh, hypertension or, or drinking themselves to death or any of these other things, all of them are none of which we want. And by the way, this isn't something just happens to cops. This happens to wide segments of our population, including our yep. military veterans. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today radio show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. From law enforcement officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters. In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Just go to our website and contact me through there. Our website is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. We're going to do a short break. Trust me, we'll be right back. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Return our conversation with Vinny Montez calling us from Denver, Colorado area. And he's a career law enforcement officer and also a professional stand-up comedian, both of which, I'll be honest with you, I love. I love to laugh, and I love police, and there's very few people in the world that can get me the way the police do and get me to laugh the way they do. <laughs> I, I, they, well, just, they, they understand me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's why people really like the comedy when they see me, especially not just police officers, but the community and then all the other EMS people because it's relatable they understand where i'm coming from like there's not there's nothing that you can come up with in the comedy world that's really relating to the situational comedy that i talk about yeah man i think that uh there's a lot going on in our country right now you you alluded to this earlier it's a bigger problem with mental health stuff that's going on uh we we we're all kind of uh going through our own trauma right now being confined and quarantined with covid so humor i think is got to be the one thing right now today that people need to be looking out to and sharing a little bit of humor. It's hard when people are being funny and joking around to be angry. It's hard to be boxed off and, you know, in a little uh, cave somewhere. If humor is brought into your life and nothing, I guess what I'm saying, Jay, is when I'm performing or when I'm watching people watch my videos, which is kind of a weird thing, and they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves, it just makes me get a lot of fulfillment inside because humor is just that one thing if you can crack a smile on a scene, if you can crack a joke with somebody that you're in contact with and find that common ground, and it just leads to so much positivity. 
And there's really so many stories in our police careers that do translate well, that become very, very funny when we know how to elaborate and tell the story. There's some, when we get into the war story conversations, I'm, I'm crying, I'm laughing so hard. And <laughs> I, I know you get what that means, but when I try to tell that to a civilian, someone who doesn't have a concept of policing, other than what they see on television or the movies, it doesn't right. work. So I have to... I don't have those conversations a lot with people who don't understand. So, but I'm gonna get back to something you said. One of the things I love the most, in addition to doing the Law Enforcement Today radio show, I also am a FM music uh, DJ in the Florida Keys and Key West. And typically I play a lot of music and then it's about a minute break and I'll say something and it's a very quick hit, a very quick punch line, a very quick story because you don't have the luxury of time. And I like being able to to know that for at least one minute out of someone's day, I can put a smile on their face. 100%. I can't save everybody's life. I learned that in, in policing a long time ago. No matter how hard you try, you can't save everybody needs to be saved. When you have those children like that that little one you talked about, they, they rip a part of your soul out of you. And you, you do everything you can, and we second-guess ourselves, we beat ourselves up, and we do everything, like, what could I have done differently? Could I save this person? I can't do that, but I can make someone smile. You can make someone smile, and, you know, you lead back to that situation that I had. You know, it's, it's a lot about perspective, too. You know, for a long time, I felt bad because I had to experience that, and I sat down with the commander that I was working for at that time, and he told me something that I still will never forget to this day. And Steve, if you're ever listening to this, you know, I, you know, I told you this to your face, but he told me, you know, Vinny, you're looking at it as it happened to you. Look at it as like this. If that was my kid that was in that situation and, you know, they were going to go out the way this kid did, at least somebody that had a warm heart was with them. And it made me, it made, it made if it was my kid, it would have made him happy to have somebody like me there with him. And I was like, man, that's really deep. Holy cow, I never even thought about it that way. But it was all about the perspective. And I think that is the same way that that fits with law enforcement. You know, no, not everybody's going to always agree with law enforcement. You know, you see a lot of rhetoric on social media, especially about cops are bad. And, uh, you know, all these situations where people try to elicit, you know, response from cops that are negative. But that is in every facet of this world. And the thing that I always take away from it is it's such a small representation of what truly the men and women who are out there doing this job really represent. There's so many good things that are going on. You know, you have like dancing cop. That, oh, no, it's the Popo in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one of my colleagues, he is out there on the street constantly, you know, engaging with kids. There's so much positivity coming from it. And let's be honest, one of the biggest questions that I get asked after I get off stages, especially when I do a a show in the public uh, forum is, man, are you really a cop? I've never met a funny cop before. And you think about that you step back and you go, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, the only time people see cops for the most part is when they're getting pulled over. The cop is responding to a, a disturbance, a family disturbance or whatever the call is. Nobody ever called the cops and says now in emergency. Yes. My kid just graduated from college tonight. Look, we're having a formal dinner. We're going to have all kinds of stuff, cake and ice cream. Send the squad over tonight so they can partake with us. Nobody does that. It's just not a reality. Wouldn't that be nice, though, if they did? It would, it would, be, it would be nice. I what remember being see, invited to people's cookouts when I was working because I was a patrol officer and at a certain post. They're like, hey, come in and have a burger because people got to know you. But yeah. they, they didn't know. 
here's, here's what's weird, Vinny, is I remember the, the first time I got shot at by somebody. And it was, it was two kids that were car thieves, an insignificant crime. And by the way, I had the same feeling for every one of these that occurred. I was like, why are you trying to shoot and kill me? You don't even know who I am. I'm just a cop yeah, in a uniform. You, you have no idea who I'm as a person. Wow. You just touched on a huge topic, man, for me, because I want to argue this all the time. Like, one of the things that I find very interesting over after doing this job for more than 20 years is everybody that we have in the public forum, everybody, the citizens out there, want to be seen as their individual. And when we respond to their call, they want to be treated as an individual. They want to be heard. They want us to understand the circumstance and react based upon that individual circumstance, not a canned response. And a lot of the interactions that I'm seeing today in law enforcement are the opposite of that. Just because the officer wears the uniform, they don't afford them the same thing. They want to, you know, you're a cop, so you know, am I being detained? We go into that whole rhetoric of, am I being detained? What's your probable cause? What's your suspicion? But really, truly, the question that should be asked is, why aren't we seeing that being done the same way? Is the cop that's at the door, the person who you're in contact with, is an individual. They pay bills just like everybody else. They have social problems just like everybody else within the family household. You know, they've got a wife or a husband at home, kids to have daycare with. Everybody in this country deserves to be heard in a certain way, but I agree with you. The cops have to be looked at the same way as individuals. But, you know, if I come up on a scene and I'm a pain in the butt and I'm a jerk, fine, deal with me on that merit. But if I show up and I haven't done anything like that, at least afford me the opportunity to show my true colors before that judgment is made. And, you know, it's hard to say that because, you know, people have a lot of preconceived notions based on what they see in social media and so forth. But if there's one ask, and I do underline the word ask, let the officers out there that you come in contact with, you know, earn their earn their merit as to whether or not they deserve, you know, to be treated fairly because most of the time, 99% of the time, those officers out there are just trying to do what they're supposed to do. And um, I kind of went off on a tangent there. You, but no, you're you absolutely right. With. 99% of the time, they're doing a great job under really, really bad circumstances with very little equipment and a lot less training than you'd realize. Before we run out of time, Vinny, I want people to make sure they can find out where they get more information about you and your comedy online. So they can go to VinnyMontez.com. It has everything there. I was so uh, fortunate. In 2019, I got asked to do a special by Drybar Comedy. It is at, if you go to Drybar.com and you look up my name, you'll see my special on there. It's called Vinny Montez, Armed and Hilarious. It's a clean, completely clean half-hour special designed to be able to see, be seen by the family. Um, you know, if you see me in a club, it, it may not always be clean uh, like that. But this is a great opportunity for people to get exposure to see an insight into law enforcement and how um, we think about things and the humor that cops can actually bring. I, I, I really appreciate that. The other thing is if you want to just follow me on social media, everything is Vinny Montez. I do a lot of sketches. I do a lot of stuff. And I really try to do what's called humanize the badge. I'm part of a group, a collective of officers around the country with Officer Daniels, Mike the Cop, Oh No, it's the Popo, Deputy Hookem and Bookem, Officer Brandy. And these people are cops at major law enforcement agencies around the country who are really trying to 
do that, humanize the badge. And, and I would not be where I'm at today without having those relationships. And you know this, Jay, more than anything. Relationships are what build foundations and help people be successful. And I just want to give a shout out to them because they've been instrumental in helping me to get where I'm at. And all the officers, those senior guys like yourself who've been around a long time, you know, they helped me navigate some of those uh, landmines throughout my career and not making mistakes. And I just want to give a shout out. People may not realize how important those senior officers are, but I just want to thank you guys so much for all the help you've given me over the course of my career. And I would not be here without the fans that are following me and the people that are watching me. Uh, I'm very humbled to be able to be in this forum, to have this kind of outlet and speak to people and talk about my mental health and the struggles that I have because it's just going to add to uh, creating a better positive environment for interaction and dialogue. So thank you, Jay, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, Vinny, thanks so much for being a guest. Very much appreciated. Another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.